Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. on the road and uh, God's been good to me traveling all across America and around the world and I often ask myself why do you do what you do and the reason is so lives can be changed people can be encouraged and edified and uplifted and strengthened that's the purpose and that's the reason Jesus came the whole need not a physician but he came to seek and to save that which was lost and I've been here for I think this is my fourth Sunday to be in Arizona. My best friend in the world is Pastor Stacy Wiley. I've been staying with him, and uh, in these past three weeks, seen six brand new people receive the Holy Ghost and many baptized. And I believe God wants to do something great in this place today. Do you believe that? I believe God will do it. <clears throat> so great to officially meet your pastor and his wife. Last night, I give honor to them. And I think the only thing you need in this church is a bigger building. That's all you need. And God's going to fill it up. And I know you're making plans. Uh, I guess I'm going to go old school today. Acts chapter 2. I'm, you may have heard this before. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I want to preach by God's help today on the greatest experience in life. The greatest experience in life. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Be careful on the way down. We are afforded many experiences in life by the hand and providence of God. To wake up this morning and to see the sun shining, the birds singing, to herald the dawn of a new day. What a privilege it is to enter into the presence of Jesus Christ. Are you thankful for the opportunity that we can enter his gates with thanksgiving? We can come into his courts with praise. We can be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. I vividly remember shopping in Manhattan and seeing the Statue of Liberty. I've seen Niagara Falls. I've climbed the Sierra Nevadas in California. I've been bear hunting and fishing in Alaska. I've been snorkeling and surfing in Hawaii. I've been boating in the Bahamas. I've been scuba diving in Cozumel. I've been fishing in Grenada while preaching a tent revival there. I've been on a safari in Africa. I've visited Paris and the Louvre and the Arc de Triomphe. I've been to Rome's Pantheon and Vatican and Israel's Temple Mount. I've sailed around Antigua. I've had dinner on Puget Sound with my son in Seattle. I've ridden horses in the Paladura Canyon, Alpine Slides in Utah. I've been hiking in Sedona, Arizona. I've swam with the stingrays in the Grand Cayman Islands. I've watched the sunset in Key West. 
I've been to Stonehenge in London. I could go on and on and on. I've eaten the finest meals, worn custom clothing, obtained six college degrees, traveled to every state. I'm not bragging. I'm just simply saying I've been there and done that and got the T-shirt. I've had experiences, and I'm sure you've had even greater experiences. But nothing will ever compare to the experience I received over 42 years ago. When I asked God to forgive me of my sins, I went down to an altar. I repented. I was baptized in Jesus' name. And God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with a sign of speaking in other tongues. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest experience in life. You will experience no greater journey of euphoric bliss. There is no higher plane of ascension than to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're here today and you're interested in Pentecost, you're in the right place. Because Pentecost simply means 50th. It was 50 days from the time the Passover lamb was slain in Goshen until God gave his law to Mount on Mount Sinai to Moses by the hand of angels. It was likewise 50 days from the time our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, was slain, and then God poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. The first time he wrote it on tables of stone. The second time he wrote it on the fleshly tables of our heart. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and you shall be endued with power. You're going to receive the Holy Ghost. It's going to happen not many days hence. I believe that we are living in a prophetic day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Are you glad you're living in the greatest hour that God has ever given this church? Come on, from the time of the outpouring until the rapture of the church, church. Thank God we're living in grace. We're living in signs and wonders and miracles. This is the day the Lord has made. This is a day of revival. It's a day of increase. It's a day of harvest. It's a day of ingathering. I don't like that song that says I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. We don't have to climb up the rough side of the mountain. Jesus said when he came, he was going to lower the mountains and he was going to exalt the valleys. I'm glad we're living in an hour where it's smooth sailing. We can walk with him and we can walk for him. I don't believe that it was just because Mary was a virgin that God chose her. But I believe that she was from the tribe of Judah. She knew how to praise God. That's the reason God chose her. Are there any praisers in the house on this Sunday morning? Come on, if you'll praise him, you can receive the promise of the Father. Something on the inside can be birthed and it can be of the Holy Ghost. Uh, thank God for this day that he has made. On the seventh day, God rested. Did he need to rest? No, he was not weary. But he showed this to us as an example that there is a day of rest, which is a reference. It's found in Psalm 95. It's a day, a designated day of rest. In Hebrews 4, he said, There remaineth therefore a rest 
to the people of God. This is the rest that causes the weary to rest. Your fathers didn't enter in, but you can enter in. But you have to labor to enter in. It takes some work. It takes some passion. It takes some desire if you want to see everything that God has for you. Uh, There's something powerful about the anointing that is in this place today. I believe that before we leave this building, somebody can receive the baptism of the Spirit. Somebody can leave here healed. Somebody can leave here delivered by the power of God. Isaiah said it like this, with stammering lips and another tongue, will I, God, speak unto this people? Joel prophesied that God would pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. That's Baptist flesh, Methodist flesh, hallelujah, Catholic flesh, African-American flesh, Hispanic flesh. Come on, God's poured out his spirit. It doesn't matter what your race or color is. There's an anointing. There is an outpouring. I'm glad to live in these days of grace. Could somebody lift your voice and praise him? Come on, I feel like God wants to do a thing in this house today. John the Baptist preached a message of repentance for the remission of sin, but he knew there was another level of spiritual experience possible to every believer. In Mark 1, 7 and 8, John stated, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I believe John was prophesying about the greatest experience in life. Mark 16, 17, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Come on, are you a believer? If you're a believer, you're going to speak in tongues. You're going to cast out devils. You're going to see the miraculous. Are there any believers in the house who would say, God, use me in this hour. I want to be used by God. Jesus said in John 3, 5, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I've come to preach you must be born again. It's not an option. It is a commandment. You must be born again. In every instance, when people received the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, all of them spake with tongues and prophesied. Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. Charles G. Finney said, and I quote, He who neglects to obey the command to be filled with the Spirit is as guilty of breaking the command of God as he who steals or curses or commits immorality. His guilt is as great as the authority of God is great who commands us to be filled. His guilt is equivalent to all the good he might do if he were filled with the Spirit. If I were you today and I was in this service, I would not leave here without the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I wouldn't leave here without being baptized in the only saving name. That is the name of Jesus Christ. Wherefore God is highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven of things in earth of things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father could somebody lift up the name of Jesus if God's been
been good to you, you ought to praise him. If God's ever paid your mortgage, if God's ever paid your light bill, if he's ever healed your child, come on, could somebody lift a shout? If God's been good to you, there ought to be a shout of praise on your lips. Come on, Mary, if you'll praise him, something's going to be birthed in you, and that which is on the inside will be of the Holy Ghost. Come on, you don't have to be afraid today. You don't have to be afraid in this service. They were afraid in the Old Testament at Mount Sinai when the law was given. But this time it's not on tables of stone. It's on the fleshly tables of your heart. The writer of Hebrews, I believe, was Paul. But he writes in Hebrews 12, and he says this, For ye are not coming to the mouth that might be touched and that burn with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempest. But ye are come unto Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. The blood of Abel cried for judgment but thank God the blood of Jesus is in this house and it's speaking mercy to somebody come on there's grace in the house there's hope beyond the scope of human limitation could somebody praise him for the grace come on there's angels in this house there's the spirits of just men made perfect do you understand where you are you're not in old school Jerusalem you're in New Zion You're in the heavenly city. I'm going to keep preaching on receiving the Holy Ghost till everybody I know has received it. There's something powerful about the Holy Ghost. Come on, I've tried everything else in this world, and nothing can compare to what I feel in this service on this Sunday morning when your pastor was exhorting, when they were praising, and I could feel something moving from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Does anybody feel that anointing that is in this house today? I challenge you to throw your hands in the air and give God a praise for the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, it's the greatest experience in life. It's better than anything you'll find in a bottle or in a needle or in a bedroom, or on a counselor's couch. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Come on, it's the greatest experience in life. If you wouldn't mind to help me just a little bit on the monitor. The Holy Ghost is powerful today. The Holy Ghost to the prophets of old, thank you. It was a source of inspiration. To Moses, it was a cloud of glory. To Adam, it was a voice in the cool of the garden. To Jeremiah, it was fire shut up in his bones. To Ezekiel, it was wind in a valley of very dry bones. To the children of Israel, it was a cloud by day. 
and a pillar of fire by night. To Isaiah, it was wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. To the enemies of God, it was a sound of going in the mulberry bushes. To Daniel, it was a revealer of strange visions. To Joseph, it was an elevation to lordship. To Samson, it was an anointing of supernatural strength. To Nicodemus, it was a new birth. To the Romans, it was the spirit of adoption, whereby they cried, Abba, Father. To the bereaved, it is a comforter. To the believer, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. To Mary, it was an incarnation. To Jesus, it was a father. To John the Revelator, it was feet like brass, eyes like fire, a voice saying, come up higher. To the dead, it is a resurrection. To the sick, it is a physician. To those in bondage, it is the exolution of liberation. To the troubled, it is peace that passeth all understanding. To the weary, it is rest that causes the weary to rest. To the thirsty, it is living water. It is new wine. The Holy Ghost is an election. It's a vocation. It's a propitiation. It's sanctification. It's a fire. It's a wind. It's a rain. It's peace and joy and excitement and zeal. It's a passion. It's a seal. It is a signet. It is an immersion. It is redemption. It is a baptism. It is a wheel in the middle of a wheel. The Holy Ghost is a gift. It is an adoption, justification, regeneration. It's a resurrection. It's a circumcision. It's a translation. Is there anybody in the house who is thankful for the Holy Ghost? Come on, I dare you to praise him. I double dog dare you to lift your voice and give a shout. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this house. It's the most powerful spirit. It's the most important spirit in the world. Psalm 47.1, oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Could somebody lift him up? Come on, if God's been good to you, could you praise him? Do you get more excited about going to the mall? Do you get more excited about hunting and fishing than you do about the presence of Jehovah Jireh? Would somebody lift him up? Come on, this is the greatest thing I've ever found. I've tried drugs and it didn't satisfy. I've tried alcohol and it would not satisfy. Are there any ex-drug addicts in the house? Are there any ex-alcoholics who could give God praise? Come on, this is greater than anything you'll find in this world. I've tried it all and I've found out he's all right with me. There's nobody like Jesus. I love what I feel in this house. Does anybody feel that anointing? Can anybody else feel the presence of the Lord? Come on church, he's here right now. He's here in this building. Anything can happen. Everything can happen. All things. You don't have to beg God for the Holy Ghost. He wants to give it to you more than you want to receive it. Luke eleven thirteen. 13. If ye then being evil 
know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Come on, the Holy Ghost is for every ethnic group. It's for every denomination, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue. It's not enough to be filled with the Holy Ghost one time. We need to be renewed today. We need to be revived in the Spirit. I don't want just one touch. I'm praying God touch me again. I want to feel that anointing one more time. I want to feel the glory of God in my life. All over this house, could we lift our hands and feel after him? Come on, he's not far from any of you. He's a very present help. He's here right now. He's in this place. He is a mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. Praise God. We baptized a man in Texas one time many years ago. He came out of the water with his hands lifted, speaking in tongues, Pastor Strader. He didn't know anything about God. He didn't know anything about church. He didn't know anything. He just knew what he received. He loved it. And all he knew was that old country and western song. And he started saying it over and over again. He said, I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Praise God. When you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to like it. You're going to love it. You're going to want some more of it. Can I get a witness in the house? Are there any praisers in the building who would say I once was lost, but now I'm found? I was in darkness, but he brought me into this marvelous light. Come on, the devil hates it, but I'm going to praise him anyway. The devil hates it, but I'm going to create an atmosphere for my neighbor, for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. And I want to say this to the church. I I often tell churches, I can tell you how many people are going to receive the Holy Ghost next Sunday. It's however many people you bring that need the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I spent 20 years in one church and all I did was teach home Bible studies. That's the greatest prerequisite to ministry. I went back there last year, 14 years I'd been gone. And they came up to me and said, those people that was weeping, Pastor Strader, and they hugged my neck and they said, because of you, I'm in church today. Come on, church, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. It is incumbent upon us to teach Bible studies. Come on, we're not going to save everybody. We're not going to win everybody, but we have to do our job and let God do his job. We know going into it that only 25% of the soil is good anyway. Jesus gave that statistic. Some falls on stony and some thorny, but some are going to fall on good ground. Praise God. And I want to do my part to win people. Come on, if you're not teaching Bible studies, you need to be. You need to have one lined up every week. I don't know why this is on me. It's not in my notes, but you need to be teaching one because you got to go through a lot of people to get 25% to stick. But if you'll teach them a Bible study, I never would let them come to church without receiving a Bible study. Because a lot of people come to church, they get an emotional experience, they, they actually receive the Holy Ghost, and you never see them again. But when they walked in, I wanted them to know why we worship the way we worship, what we believe doctrinally. And so it's easy, and by that time, they've developed a relationship with the person teaching the Bible study. People don't care what you believe. They want to know that you love them. And if you'll love them, they'll come and they'll be saved. Do you believe this church? If you're here today and you've never received the Holy Ghost, I don't believe you have to tarry for five years to get it. 
we used to call it tarrying and people would wear out the saints of the most high God tarrying for the Holy Ghost I don't believe that's scriptural 3,120 in one day 5,000 in one day so many they just said multitudes in one day were filled with the Holy Ghost come on I believe it should be instantaneously I've seen people gripping the back of the pew and they didn't say a word but by the time they walked to the front they lifted their hands and started speaking in tongues they repented on their way down come on it's an instantaneous thing the Holy Ghost is combustible it is instantaneous hallelujah I feel it in the house today and there's one of three come on when you come down if you don't have it you should receive it immediately if you don't receive it immediately there's one of three reasons number one you've not fully repented repentance is you're walking in one direction you turn and begin to walk in the other direction Number two, you have to surrender and yield. The Holy Ghost, is, it's easy to receive. We make it harder than it is. It's as easy as falling off of a log. It's easy. That's, you have to yield. You have to surrender. When I'm praying for people, I say, let that tongue go. Because the tongue is the most unruly member. It's the little red devil behind the white pearly gates. And you have to let the tongue go for God to speak through you. And so you have to yield and you have to surrender. And number three, you have to praise God. I've never seen anybody receive the Holy Ghost that was not praising God with their voice. And you have to praise him in your native tongue. Because if you'll praise him in your native tongue, you'll start praising him in a language you have not learned. I was preaching in Oregon one time. And the entire service, I preached to an interpreter. It was in Spanish. And me no comprende poquito. Taco, burrito. And I was praying for a lady. And I, I don't know any much Spanish. But I, I could tell she was praising God in Spanish. But I noticed when she stopped speaking Spanish. And she started praising God in a heavenly language. Come on. That's what God wants to do to somebody in this service today. Do you believe God's going to pour it out? Do you believe God's going to give you a bigger building? Do you believe God's going to fill it up? Come on, if you'll get them here, God will do it. If we'll do our work, God will do his work. If we will do everything in the natural, God will give us the supernatural. I was preaching in Lakeland, Florida, and Six people received the Holy Ghost that day, and there's a little lady in her 80s. They were Jewish, and she said, excuse me, sir, my husband wants the Holy Ghost. Do you believe he can get it? At 80-something years old, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Sign of speaking in other tongues. I preached in Africa, and I've seen blinded eyes open. I've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost in the islands of the sea. I was preaching in Grenada, a tent revival in they set the tent revival up next to the local bar. I don't think there's a better place for a church than next to the local bar. And they made the mistake of giving me a cordless microphone. And so I preached all the way out of the tent and I preached in the bar. Praise God. And, but one night somebody walked out of the bar, came to the altar, and God sobered them up and filled them with the Holy Ghost. That's what God can do. I remember the first one of the first sermons I ever preached in New Orleans. There was a man sitting in the back high on drugs. 
and he felt the Holy Ghost and he ran down the middle aisle and he slid on his knees. And when he stopped sliding, his hands was in the air and he was speaking in tongues. I've got a God that can sober you up. I've got a God that can deliver you from crack cocaine and methamphetamines. Uh, come on, what I'm preaching about is better than anything you'll find at a bar. It's better than anything you'll find on a street corner. Is there a witness in the house uh, who would understand that God is an on-time God? Uh, yes, he is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something's going to happen today. Something's going to happen in this house. God's going to move. God's going to feel somebody. God's going to give a breakthrough. Come on, it's going to happen in this church. God's going to give you the building, and God's going to fill it up. I prophesied in the name of Jesus, God can send somebody to write the check. I was preaching in the largest prison system in Huntsville, the worst unit, the wind unit, 300 inmates, pastor, the light was shining through stained glass windows, dust mites was dancing in the sunbeams, 300 uniforms, all of them were in white and the person leading the song service talked about how he had murdered someone but God had forgiven him. And then they begin to sing the song, I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of my past. For I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free, praise the Lord, free at last. At the end of that service, 19 inmates were filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's what God can do. That's what God will do. I was preaching in Cuba one time. We baptized 23 people in the ocean. The government would not allow us to have service in church. My dad bought the first building for the first apostolic church in Santiago, Cuba. And I watched a little girl on crutches. She walked in with crutches, but when we prayed for her, she left with her parents totally healed by the blood of Jesus. Come on, church. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. Three years ago, I was preaching for Brother Wayne Huntley, now Brother Brian Ballestero, friend of mine from Bible College, and I didn't pray for one person, Pastor Strader, because when a church is teaching home Bible studies, when they're praising God and creating an atmosphere, it's not because of me. Some water, some plant. I know a lot of evangelists like to brag about how many received the Holy Ghost when they preached. It's not because of you. It's because the people that are winning them and reaching them and getting them to church. Come on. I'm trying to stir up this church to realize that is our greatest assignment. That is the great commission. Praise God is to go ye therefore. I remember teaching Bible studies. We'd have evangelists come and 15 people would get the Holy Ghost. But I'd been working with them for months and years. Come on, somebody, that's what it's about. In that service, I didn't lay hands on one person at Brother Huntley's. I just took my cell phone and I videoed as 43 first-time people received the Holy Ghost. 
That's what happens when the church gets on fire, when somebody gets consumed. Come on, this is the greatest thing I've ever found. How can we sit here and shout and speak in tongues and feel good and our community's going to hell and lost? Come on, church, I feel the anointing. God is preaching to somebody in this house. My father... I've heard this story, I don't know how many times, pastors, traders, musicians can come, I'm finished. My father was a young 14-year-old boy, and he had trichinosis, which is worms in the flesh. I need some praise singers and musicians. I need both to help me. And this is what happened. He was diagnosed with trichinosis, and because of that dreaded disease, he had one leg that was drawn up higher than the other one about this much higher and my dad said when he walked he walked like this he was a cripple and he said he would just his hand would almost touch the ground he was so crippled and the other kids would make fun of him in the window but he he just did the best he could he just limped everywhere he went but he said at 14 years of age, he walked into a little small church in Louisiana, sawdust on the floor, slat pews. And he told the story like this. He said, I begin to shout and praise God. He said, I came to the altar and I began to pray. He said, I shouted all across the front. He said, when I finally came to myself, you know how it is when you get lost in the Holy Ghost. You don't know where you're at. You don't know what's going on. You don't care what anybody else is doing. He said, when I finally came to myself, my leg was straightened out. God had totally healed me. He had called me to preach and filled me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. I'm not preaching about something I've heard about. I'm preaching about something that works in 2023. Would somebody get on your feet and give God praise for the things that he has done? I've seen him open deaf ears. I've seen him raise the dead in Illinois. God can do anything but fail. There's such an anointing, such a presence of God. I was just going to preach to the lost, but God had me to preach to the church as well. Come on, church, it's time for us to be stirred. It's not enough to speak in tongues one time and leave, but I want a fresh anointing. I want fresh oil in my vessel. I feel such a, an unction. There's an anointing. There's a presence and power of God. Come on, sir, what you're looking for is in this house. You've looked in a bottle and you've looked at a needle. You're not going to find it in a spoon or in a bong, but in his presence, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Iala bohosata. Somebody here is lost and undone without God. Someone here is backslidden at heart. This is your morning for a miracle. This is your day for deliverance. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, would you come stand? If you've never received the Holy Ghost in your life, we're going to do this succinctly in an order. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, would you come today and just stand? There's a neighbor beside you that you feel comfortable taking by the hand. If they want to come, don't put pressure on them. God's a gentleman. And if God's not going to make you, I'm not going to make you. God's a gentleman. Whosoever will, let him. Here's one right here. Is there another? 
who has never received the Holy Ghost, would you come right now? Yeah, come on, church. I need some old-fashioned intercessory prayer warriors. Come on, somebody needs to stand between the living and the dead. Lift your voice. Come on, the Holy Ghost is reaching. The Holy Ghost is wooing. He is calling. The voice of the blood is speaking today. The blood of Jesus is saying, come. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. If you need to be renewed, if it's been a long time then since you've really felt the anointing or a while since you've spoken in tongues, would you come? We have one who needs the Holy Ghost. Are there more that would come who need to be refilled? Just be honest with God. Nobody's going to judge you or look down on you. Just come and say, I want more of God than I've ever had before. I want to be filled and refilled. I want to be renewed. I want to be revived. Come on, church. I need somebody to move. This front ought to be filled right now with people that are hungry. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. If you're in ministry, I need you to come stand in front of these people and pray. Come on, if you're a minister, if you're a preacher, I want you to come stand in front of them and pray for them. If you're a saint, would you come in behind them? I need everybody now. I need the saints of God to come in behind them and lay hands on their back. And let's pray until God shakes this place. Heaven is coming down to earth. And God's going to do it. I said God's going to do it right now. Come on, I need some church members to come forward and help me pray right now. Let's do this as a cohesive, as a corporate effort. Let's pray. Come on, church, that's it. It's the greatest thing I've ever found. It's greater than a steak dinner, a shopping trip to Macy's, a hunting trip than drugs and alcohol and sex and sin and perversion. They're going to sing this song. And as they sing it, would you lift your hands all over this house and could you praise it?